Hello, and welcome to the weekly podcast of C2 Church in Columbia, Missouri. Hey, Merry Christmas to you all. Merry Christmas. Glad that you're with us tonight. As Pastor Jason said, what a privilege to celebrate uh, this Christmas with each of you. And if, if you really uh, enjoy the service, you can surely join us for our 6 o'clock one as well. As it's up to you, but... You know, as we, as we sang that last song, the beautiful exchange, uh, and then into this video talking about Christ's birth and the song that we sing and, and, and this anthem that we raise for his birth, I was thinking about the fact as we sang this song, it's not really a Christmas song, traditionally. You know, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel is, is a traditional Christmas chorus, but what about the beautiful exchange, this song that talks about our brokenness and when only love could make a way, Jesus did just that. He came out of love for you and me. This is uh, our final installment of God with us, our our series that we've been doing. And tonight I just want to call it the gift exchange. You ever been involved in a gift exchange? Some of you are laughing because you hate gift exchanges, don't you? You always feel like you're on the, on the, uh, on the odd end of that. You always give something better and, and not quite get that back in return, especially work gift exchanges. The, the exchange rate on that's pretty bad. But Christmas is the ultimate gift exchange. And like the song said, it's taking our nothingness and trading it for God's everything. Our ashes for his beauty, our mourning, our sadness for his joy, our brokenness for his wholeness, our sinfulness for his righteousness, our sickness for his healing. We're exchanging our darkness for his light, our captivity for his freedom and our shame for his grace and his mercy. I love that on Jesus' birthday, we get gifts. Isn't that quite the exchange? That on Jesus' birthday, we give gifts and get gifts in honor of this tradition of love, this demonstration of love through giving, lest you think that the, cap- uh, the capitalistic world created that. God created the idea of giving gifts, did he not? Wasn't he the first to give such the greatest gift in the person of Jesus Christ, this unmerited, unearned, unconditional gift. And parents, you understand this. If you haven't purchased your kids' gifts already, I encourage you, you better do so quickly. But tomorrow morning, people will open up gifts that they did not earn, right? My kids have done nothing to earn the gifts that they will receive tomorrow, although there have been moments. But they will get them despite how they acted today or yesterday or the past year. And contrary to to the uh, threats that I've made, they will get them. Isn't that the spirit of Christmas? That gifts that are given are given without merit, without favor. Kids, tonight when you walked in, you got a little a goodie cup, didn't you? You got that free of charge, and you didn't earn it. You didn't get it by being good, although we hope that will encourage you to be good. Right, parents? That gift is for you. You don't have to pay us back. That gift is for you just because, because we love you. 
The gift of Jesus we celebrate in a tradition called Advent, and if you've been with us over the past few weeks, uh, we've been talking about the candles of Advent, how the, what the tradition of that is, and you can listen to the podcast online to, to catch up if you want to get more in on, on that. But Advent simply means the arrival of a notable person, of, of somebody that is expected and that arrival. And so I've got some people who are going to help me tonight. My family's going to help me real quick with the Advent candles. Would you bring your candles on up here? Come on, on up, guys. They brought their candles. These are the best kind of candles to give kids and probably to give me. And so, Robbie, do you have your candle? You turned it on? All right, you're you going to stand right here with me, huh? Why don't we put you up here so everybody can see you? Step right up there on stage. The bigger one. There you go. Can you show everybody your candle? There you go. So many weeks ago, we talked about the first Advent candle, which is the candle of hope. The candle of hope, the hope of life transformation, of, of new life. And then the, the second candle, you got your candle? The candle of peace, that through Jesus we have peace with God. And because of that, we have peace with everyone else. But mainly, we have peace with God, and only Jesus could have done that. And then this past week, we talked about the candle of joy, and there's joy in salvation. The joy that God grants cannot be offered by anything found in this world. And then we have the final candle by my beautiful wife. Yes, the candle of love. How appropriate! You didn't know. You didn't know that, did you? The candle of love, and this love is the love spoken throughout the Old Testament as an everlasting love. But it wasn't enough to have the words written in the pages of time. The words must become flesh, and indeed they did. It's called the incarnation, his name Emmanuel, God with us. It's what's spoken of in that famous scripture, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that who'd ever believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. This Emmanuel who dwelled and lived among us was one of us. And the sending of Jesus is the demonstration of the love written throughout the course of history in the Old Testament. Romans 5.8 says it this way. But God demonstrated his great uh, great love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Those who would reject him, those who would not return that love, he would demonstrate his love to us. God sent Jesus as the reality of love. Not some ethereal emotion, but as a reality of his love, his promise, and his plan. Not just a story, but Jesus was, guess what, written into the story, wasn't he? And this was the exchange, that the shadow of the Old Testament would become the reality of the New Testament. Do you know what a shadow is, Robbie? Can, can, you, uh, can, you, can you pick up my shadow? Can you, can you pick it up? Can you grab it? Can, you can't grab it, can you? It's just a shadow. But you know what? Can you give me a hug? You know why you can give me a hug? Because I'm not my shadow. <laughs> the shadow of the Old Testament would become the reality of the New Testament in the person of Jesus Christ. Isn't that great? Flesh and blood, what was once words, were written 
into flesh. This is the reality of the gift. For Christmas, many of you are going to receive gift cards. It's just the reality. $124 billion of gift cards this year. I'm going to guess that one or two of you in this room are going to get gift cards for Christmas. Do you know over a billion dollars of that will go unspent? A billion dollars unspent. Retailers are counting on you to lose it or forget it or not want it or leave just that little bit of money on there, 98 cents. What are you going to do with that, really? But you know what? That gift card, is, as much as you can hold it, it's not the reality of the gift that you've received. When you take it to the store, when you walk in to Walmart or Target or wherever it is, it becomes reality when you exchange that card for whatever it is you choose. Kids, tonight in your, in your cups you got this. You got a little thick, rich, frosty gift card. Okay? This is your gift. Right after this, tell mom and dad you want to go to Wendy's. I'm so sorry, parents, but you don't have to pay for it. Uh, fortunately, we have friends at Wendy's who gave us these cards for you. But you know what? As much as this is a gift, this is only a shadow of the gift. It's a picture of the gift of what you will receive when you, guess what? When you take this to Wendy's tonight after service. And when you turn this in, guess what? They give you the real thing. They give you the reality of your coupon. They give it to you then. And that's the reality that came in the person of Christ. The reality of the gift. You know what, that's the fifth candle. Thank you, guys. Can you give them a round of applause? You can sit. The four candles that we just talked about represent the four promises found and offered to us by God. But they're all realized in the fifth candle of the Advent. If you are familiar with the tradition, usually they're in a circle. There's four candles on the outside, and then there's a center center candle. And that one's called the Christ candle, for in the Christ candle, all four of those promises come together. Hope, peace, joy, love, they all center around that single candle, the gift of Christ. And this is what the Bible says about how Christ came to us, this gift came to us. In Luke chapter 1, it'll be up on the screen for you to read if you don't have your scripture. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. It says it this way. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, the Lord. God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary responded, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. 
Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it, may it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Another translation reads this way in verse 37. For no word from God will ever fail. That's, that's a little bit differently, but I love the way it says that. One says, nothing is impossible for God, but the other version says, no word from God will ever fail. There are probably going to be some Christmas gifts that fail this year, right? Husbands, you are hoping desperately that your Christmas gift is not a failure, right? Now, here's some recommendations. If you haven't gotten your kids' presents this year, I want you to look at these pictures real quick. Um, I'm not sure that this is a great gift. I'm just saying. I, I don't even have words for that. Here, kids, go clean the house. Merry Christmas. We'll go to the next one. Have you have that one, and I'm so sorry about that. I, I know some people, uh, I won't mention any names. <clears throat> I don't think you should get this at all for your kids. I, maybe, maybe you should. I don't know. It depends on how redneck you are. <laughs> Final picture. This one needs a little bit of explanation. You have to be the, you already know what this is. You apparently have to be the fastest one or it electrocutes you. You get shocked if you're not the fastest one to respond. I'm not sure that I want that gift. Uh, that could end in, in miserable failure. You ever had a, hey kids, ever had a, a, a gift break that you got for Christmas? Did it break the day of Christmas? How many of you have had that happen? That's miserable, right? You get this wonderful gift and then you break it. Or if you're like me, you don't read the instructions. You put it together wrong and then it's no good. But the gift that God gave us, it doesn't fail. It never fails. It goes on and on. It doesn't fail. I did one time receive a gift card that had nothing on it. I'm not sure if that was a store's mistake or if that person just hated me. or I'm not sure. But his gift, it never fails. It never fails those who accept it. And that's the clincher. When you accept the gift that God gives to you through the person of Jesus Christ, it never fails. And Mary that night chooses to believe the word of the Lord. She accepts it and believes it. She says, I am the Lord's servant. And tonight when you go to Wendy's to redeem your coupon, I'm pretty sure they're going to give it to you. If not, we know the district manager will take care of you. But it's not a gift until you redeem it. There's no reality to it until you turn it in for the real thing. You could tuck it under your pillow put it in your back pocket. It really is of no use until you accept it, until you use it. The reality of God's love came in the person of Jesus. And tonight, each and every one of us has that opportunity to step into that reality and accept it, receive it, that Jesus did, in fact, live, die, and rise again. And to all who would believe, this is what 
The gospel writer John writes in chapter 1 and verse 12, to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. I love how that reads. To those who believe and accepted, he gave the right to be called children of God. He gave you the right to be renamed, to be adopted, to have an identity change. That's the gift when you step into the reality of what God provides in the person of Jesus this Christmas. And I hope that in this moment, if you haven't made that decision, you will. It's interesting, you know, we're not commanded to celebrate Christmas in Scripture. We're commanded to celebrate the resurrection and remember that. And so we do that tonight because the birth of Jesus is meaningful. The advent of the Christ coming into humanity, into history, is important, but it's his life leading to his death on the cross and then his resurrection that holds promise and hope for you and me. It's why Christmas is what Christmas is, is because of Easter, actually. That's why Christmas is special. God gave us the gift of Jesus, but it's your choice tonight. Hope, peace, joy, love, all wrapped up in that one person. And when you step into that reality, you make that beautiful exchange. When you go to God and you tell Him what you want, and He says, why should I give you eternal life? You can simply say, because I got the card. Jesus is my card God says, good. And it's not just now, because now when you turn in the car, when you step in front of God and say, I want what you're offering, I want forgiveness and freedom and grace and mercy, and he says, why should I grant it? Well, because of what Jesus did, it transforms your life immediately. And then on the day you stand before him, the Bible calls it the day of judgment. He says, why? Why should I let you in? Jesus is standing right there. He's because I got a frosty card. No, because his gift never fails. You're granted that because of what Jesus did. Aren't you grateful for that tonight? When I stand in front of God, I have the gift card of Jesus to receive eternal life. What will you do with that tonight? As our ushers come to prepare to serve us, you can, as you receive your communion tonight, simply say, Jesus, I accept your free gift. Forgive me of my sins and help me to live for you. It's as simple as that to begin the journey of hope. As we share tonight in communion, remember the birth of Christ, but we remember the work that his life was meant for, our salvation, that gift exchange, if you will. So on the night that Jesus was betrayed, that he took the bread and he broke it. And to his disciples, he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. That symbol of the broken bread is broken body which gives us access to God again. His, shed, uh, his broken body for us grants us healing, healed relationship with God and healed bodies that are no longer whole. And so tonight we remember Christ's broken body. Jesus, we thank you 
for the suffering that you went through for us. And that you exchanged your glory in heaven for humanity to come and suffer as one of us, to live among us, so you can make a way back to the Father for us. We thank you tonight. Let's eat of the bread together. And it's that same night with his disciples that Jesus took the cup of the new covenant, he called it. The cup representing the wrath of God, he, he took upon himself. It was a cup of new covenant that he shares with each and every one of us tonight who, who accept and believe in his name. We become his children. It says our sins are washed away by the power of this same blood. It's in this moment that we get a blood transfusion. The sinful blood that lives within us is transformed into the new and living blood of Christ. And so tonight we celebrate the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus, we thank you that your death on the cross was the greatest gift mankind could ever receive. That in our brokenness, and our sinfulness, you made a way out of love for us back to God. And we receive that tonight. We remember that work your life was meant to accomplish. Let's take of the cup together. I'd like to close with a, a final prayer of blessing over you tonight. If you would, Father, would you bless your people tonight? We rejoice in your steadfast presence in our lives and in your unique presence in the person of Jesus and now your presence through the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the light brought into the darkness by your son, Jesus. And so we invite you again to come this Christmas season this Christmas night, Lord Jesus, into our celebration. Be born in us, in our hearts, and in our minds, and in our lives. May you kindle in us that light again to shine the truth for all to see that you are God for us, God in us, and truly our God with us. Reveal yourself even as we celebrate in the giving of gifts. May we remember and treasure and find joy in the greatest gift given to us in the person of Jesus. And it's in that name we pray tonight. Amen. Hey, we're so glad you listened in. If you made a decision to follow Christ today or would like more information, please email us at nextsteps at c2church.com or visit us at c2church.com.